Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we usually go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have a very special bonus episode. We'll be looking at Netflix 2022 action thriller, The Grey Man. This is directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. It stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Jessica Henwick, Rejon Page, Wagner Mora, Julia Butters, Danush, Alfrey Woodard, and Billy Bob Thornton. I'm Jesse, and I'm writing a solo today to check this one out. So I think if uh, you're interested in checking this one out, you should probably give this a pause and come back uh, a little bit later on because I am going to spoil the living daylights out of this one. We've got a good discussion to look at this big, big film that Netflix have put out. So we do start the show off with the Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a criminal who's hired to be a secret agent by the US government is seen to be a liability and needs to avoid annihilation. All right, and now I'm gonna talk a little bit about how this sort of got to Netflix. So realistically, this, this film is intended to start a franchise which is based upon Mark Greeny's The Grey Man novel. So I think there's 10, possibly an 11th novel coming out soon. And um, the adaptation of this novel was originally announced way back in 2011 with James Gray set to direct Brad Pitt and Charlize Theron in a gender-swapped role. But this, uh, well, these versions never came to fruition. So property sort of lingered in development hell until about July of 2020 when the Russo brothers got on board, said, we're gonna direct it and we're gonna get Gosling and Evans on board as well. Filming then began in March of 2021 um, before it wrapped up in Prague in the Czech Republic in July that year. I think this has a budget of over $200 million. Uh, this, this makes it one of the most expensive films made by Netflix, which uh, puts it up there with The Irishman, Six Underground, those types of films. The Grey Man did have a limited theatrical release from July 15th, 2022, um, across the world in various places. I know it's still showing in cinemas uh, in Australia at the moment, even though it's on Netflix and has been there for a few days now, hit there on the 22nd of July. We know Netflix, they don't report theatrical grosses for its titles. Um, it's estimated this took about $250,000 in opening weekend across America. We do know now that Netflix put out watch data in hours watched. So for the first week on Netflix, this was watched worldwide for 88.5 million hours. So that's, that's a lot of time uh, watching this film. So that puts it in the top 10 in about 93 countries around the world. Interesting, so this is a bit of a spoil. The Russo Brothers, this this sort of revolves this film around two characters, um, Six and Lloyd. And the conclusion of this film, we see that, that Lloyd, played by Chris Evans, um, dies. And the Russo Brothers are confirmed, they've said that there's no sense of loss for the audience if you get to the end of a movie and everything's like been free and easy. So they're saying, there's no real possibility of return for Chris Evans' character. Um, bit of a spoiler, but I think it's important context because these guys obviously work uh, in the Marvel universe and we're used to seeing some characters sort of pop up and about in various stages. So they sort of said, nah, this is it for this character. Translations across the world for this one. Brazil, this was called Hidden Agent. In Spain, it's called The Unseen Agent. In Thailand, it's called The Grey Man, Invisible Kill. And in Vietnam, it's called Grey Man, The Invisible Agent. So lots of plays on that word of invisible, not being able to be seen, hidden, this agent that works undercover or in the darkest parts of society. 
what are the critics saying about this on? What, what are audiences saying about this? Uh, the critics don't like it. <laughs> we can put that out there straight away. On Rotten Tomatoes, this sits on 48%. That's on 195 reviews uh, in under a week of being out. So that, that's a lot of uh, critics that have got on and sort of said, nah, don't like this film. However, the audience, on the other hand, on Rotten Tomatoes, more than 100 people have got on there and it sits on 90%. So very positive from audiences there. IMDb audiences have it at a 6.6 .6 out of 10, and that's on about 52,000 ratings at this stage as recording. So fairly good score. Netflix wouldn't be um, too upset with those numbers. Letterboxd, our film-loving audience that we always talk about, sits at a 2.8 out of 5 on 61,000 ratings. So a little bit lower on the Letterboxd side. So I'm not sure what that sort of says about the context of this film, but I'll give you my early thoughts on this one because those that are... Follow our show. Know that our next episode coming out is one of the big budget films that I mentioned before, Six Underground, uh, which stars Ryan Reynolds. So that, that's our next episode on Flix Forum Podcast. And I've watched that recently. And having watched that big budget film so close to this one, made it really hard not to compare the two. Six Underground, without giving too much away for our upcoming episode, it was fun. It had good practical effects. Whereas with Grey Man, uh, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be having fun taking it seriously and, and the CGI in this one at times is pretty ordinary so tough but it's still an engaging film and it's still worth a watch um, just to sort of relax sit back and enjoy some action on the screen so I'm going to talk about some characters from this film uh, we're going to start off with Sierra Six Court Gentry who is played by Ryan Gosling and as the audience, we're given these glimpses of, of why this character ended up in jail. Um, it's that same masculine, egocentric storyline of daddy issues that you know made me do this. And we see this over and over again in films. It is a little bit frustrating. But as the audience, you are given just enough evidence to sort of side with him, empathize with him, because you want him to succeed even though you know he's a murderer. Because there's that gray area haha, that you, you're looking at with him to see whether, okay, do I actually agree with why he murdered his uh, his dad? And I think uh, we see his care for kids early on, like in one of the opening scenes in a, a big action sequence where he's set out to assassinate someone. There's a kid in the vicinity. There's a kid nearby, and he won't pull the trigger. And and the same with his character Claire, which we'll talk about a bit later on. But he, he looks out for her a lot as well. Um, character like character, he chews gum a lot. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure I have a reason as to why he loved to chew gum. Not sure if it was just for comedic tone, but you know, if this was like a James Bond sort of spy film, the, the chewing gum would have been like used as like a weapon or a tactic in a fight. Um, so it was sort of just left there to sit there. I don't know whether people just like watching Ryan Gosling chew gum. Um, <laughs> it could be a thing. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, the, the, the character of... of six though like he questions his loyalty to the program that he spent such a long time with like very quickly once he comes across uh, sierra four and reveals like the shady side of their operations to him and and obviously spends the rest of the film on the run um and we know that he doesn't trust people easily either i mean he gives miranda this character that he's working with for a bit um you know tests her trust early by giving her an empty gun i think this probably wasn't really addressed but i think it was an important moment in his character to to show that he does have that ability to trust and grow um and move to Lloyd, Lloyd Hansen, played by Chris Evans, who is literally the, the complete or the polar opposite of uh, Sierra Six or, or Court Gentry. Uh, anyone who's seen Knives Out, you know, you've seen um, Chris Evans play this type of character. And, and obviously he was in the film um, Knives Out with Ana de Armas as well. So the two of them have worked together before. The, the Knives Out role for Evans was really good. I, I felt nice to see him in a different sort of role. 
this one here, it's, you know, he takes on a villain on a mission who's like sinister and, and he plays the humor really well. He's probably the highlight in this film, to be honest, if if you're trying to pull out a, a performance or a character that, that's really enjoyable, even though he is like the, the definition of evil in this film. I think he's brash, he's unreasonable, and he'll do whatever he wants to succeed in his mission, even if it means, you know, taking a kid hostage, which is like one of those things that you hate to see in a film. Uh, and that'll lead me onto Danny Miranda. So Miranda's played by Ana de Armas, Gets to play alongside Evans again, like I mentioned. Uh, it, it's good to see her hold her own as a character in these battles, like not just physically, but mentally as well. I would have liked to have seen more of her or seen her character used better. I mean, she, at the end, especially the conclusion of this film, she just ends up following the company line to cover her own um, actions and cover her own commitment to the program. And it just would have been nice to see her sort of break loose at the end to sort of get on board with uh, Sierra Six and, and Claire towards the end, um, rather than just, you know, jumping back into company line. And then the other strong female that we had in this is uh, Susanna Brewer, who's, she's almost the, the moral compass of this film because she works for this, this agency. She doesn't believe in Lloyd's ways. She doesn't like his uh, quick to action sort of motives, but, um, you know, she's also happy to cover her own um, her own self by pulling the trigger and covering up the actions to ensure her career continues on the path that she wants uh, because we get that that dialogue telling us she feels like she's been overlooked for males in the past i'm really hoping if, if this does get picked up for a sequel uh, that she's got more of an important role because i think that that would be a really good character to follow the other sort of character that works in this uh, corporation is Denny Carmichael. I mean, I, I don't watch Bridgerton, um, but this sort of rounds out our three attractive males with uh, Gosling and, and Evans as well. Um, the thought of this Carmichael character and, and Lloyd tearing Harvard apart together, uh, something to imagine, I reckon. I reckon they would have had some pretty good days in college. This, this Carmichael guy, he's, he's dodgy. He's happy to do things uh, his way to get what he wants really bit of a sleazeball too bit of mention and and good to hear like female characters you know get out of my personal space but again one of those characters that sort of sits in the background that you don't get an awful lot about because our main, main focus is on Sierra 6 getting away as well as that chase from Lloyd Hansen these are the, these people in the background that are assisting that chase I mentioned Claire before so Claire is the niece of Fitzroy so I guess I should touch on Fitzroy first but Donald Fitzroy was like Six's uh, Sierra Six's mentor. He was the guy that got him out of prison. He connects with him. Um, he, he mentions to Six that he would have done exactly what he did too. He's now in retirement, but this Donald Fitzroy character is proof that you can't really retire from this world. This world will follow you. Even when you're old and given up on everything, you're still going to get connected to this. And, and the idea is that um, Claire, his niece, she has had previous interactions with Six before. He had to look after her at some stage. Um, and they see each other almost as family and have this really good connection. And it's nice um, to, to see that. And we'll talk more about that in the scenes a little bit later on. But obviously they, they do a flashback to show us the setup of, of Sierra Six and Claire having known each other previous to her being kidnapped. And I guess that leads into her role. I mean, it, it's never nice to see a kid being put in peril because of macho men. Um, especially when she has a medical condition. So it's a little bit rough for her, poor kid. Um, the Lone Wolf, this is just this random hit guy. Um, and the Russo brothers, after this has come out, have said that they've expressed a bit of an interest in a spin-off um, starring this character um, played by uh, Danush. And I, I don't know him, but he's meant to be really big in Tamil cinema. So that's an interesting thing. He's just like one of these little hit men that, that jump in uh, into the movie for a little bit to add to the chase of uh, Sierra Six or Court Gentry. Last character I look at, uh, Margaret Cahill, uh, played by Alfre Woodard. I mean, 
what's she not good in? She's she's amazing. I think that apart from there's this subtitle at one stage where we're taken to her location, which is a little bit on your nose, but you, you can't fault her performance or her character in this. She adds so much to this film, um, even if her character is a smoker. And, and this is her fourth Netflix original film. Uh, she's played the professor in this film, Burning Sands, which when we covered that on this show, really rated her for that uh, performance. And the other one that I really rate her from is uh, Juanita. If you haven't seen Juanita on Netflix, check it out. She's the lead in that um, and really, really good. Uh, one other film I think is called The Fatherhood, which is in which we're probably going to get to on our show in about four years' time. So don't hold your breath for our thoughts on that one. The Russo brothers, I sort of mentioned these guys before, but realistically, they've known worldwide now for their work on the Captain America movies, the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Um, they also wrote the Netflix original Extraction, which is another one of those big budget ones that came out not too long ago as well. But obviously Netflix, give them the money, do what they want. And, um, you know, the Netflix know that the film's going to be in pretty safe hands to reach a pretty big audience and have pretty good action sequences, big name cast, because, you know, a lot of the cast in this film have worked with the Russo brothers before. All right, gonna talk about some scenes. So things that stood out for me. Standout scenes. Let's, uh, I'm gonna say Lloyd, we, the first scene, or not the first scene, but the first time that we see Lloyd and Fitz, uh, Fitzroy together, uh, Lloyd confronts him at this funeral. There was just really good banter between the two. And I think most of the scenes that I enjoyed in this were, was the banter that came from the character of Lloyd. Like a lot of these one-liners that just showed his egotistical ways. <laughs> I also liked the, the idea of uh, Sierra Six, playing music whenever he was doing something that he didn't want Claire to hear. He puts on the, or tells her to put on the record. It's, it's that protective instinct inside him to look out for this kid. And obviously it, it links back to his own trauma, um, his own daddy issues and what he went through as a kid himself and him wanting to ensure that, you know, Claire as a future generation or a child of the future is looked after. Um, so she doesn't have to go through what he went through as well. Another part, Six's escape from being trapped in like this well. He sort of goes to get a fake passport. Guy puts, pulls a trapdoor. He's stuck in there, can't get out. He sort of floods himself to get out. Um, and this was followed by his first encounter with Lloyd. It was just nice to see the two of them on screen together uh, with a little bit of good dialogue. So that was cool. I'm going to say Margaret's uh, final scene, uh, <laughs> which I'm not going to say anything about. But I think a uh, great scene, good way for her to, to finish her part in this film. Uh, there's a scene where Six is handcuffed to a, a sort of a park bench or a rail where there's these, all this action going on, explosions, Lloyd and his team are trying to attack him and, and take him out and he just manages to escape. And I just thought that was quite humorous. Uh, and fi the final credits, stick around for the final credits in this one. The, the effort, it's always nice to see effort put into final credits and the effort in these final credits were excellent, just visually stunning. So check those out and hang around for those. All right, things I didn't like. So... <laughs> There's a, there's a scene where uh, Six is on an aeroplane. He's met a team who's going to get him to safety. Fitzroy sort of uh, organized it for him and then turns on him and says, you know, you've got to take him out. Just the overuse of CGI in this, this scene was just made it unbelievable. It just was not realistic and I did not feel at any stage that he was actually in the air or in any danger. So that, that sort of sucked for me. Um, Claire's first few scenes with Six as well. I know we needed that backstory of how they knew each other, but she was just so confrontational to him to start off with just a little bit of a smart ass which we probably didn't really need knowing that 
we know that he's trying to save her or going to save her and, and has this connection with her. So to start off like that, I know it's nice to show that she can banter backwards and forwards with him. It just didn't work for me. Um, another action scene that didn't work is this big scene where um, Six is on the tram and, um, you know, just trying to jump onto a car. It just looks so, so fake. And, and finally, the, the, the final fight scene, uh, it's... Uh, they walk into like a maze of hedges to finish this film. I just thought it was completely laughable. Uh, just did not hit the spot for me. It just reminded me of like The Shining or something like that, which, uh, you know, an action film or Harry Potter, that Triwizard Tournament, it just was like one of those scenes that you, you know, we don't need any more intrigue of how they're going to catch up. We know that there's going to be a confrontation between the two. We don't need them walking through hedges for a couple of minutes to show that. So that uh, sort of let me down a little bit. All right, themes, ideas. What's this film trying to say? And this, this is hard. I've really struggled with this one. But that, obviously, we've got the idea of good versus evil. Straightforward, easy. The justice system. A little bit here where, you know, that idea of Six has been in prison for murdering someone. But was that murder justifiable? I'm not sure. And that's a, a question that probably I'm pondering after watching this film. And obviously, if we get more films, then we might get a little bit more context behind that. Um, I'm going to take a quote here from the Russo brothers. This is uh, what they said. They said, it took nine years to make this film because of our busy schedule. We were in awe of Mark Greeny, so the author's writing, and the amount of research he does. We are always on a quest to develop interesting sideways to a genre. Having been inspired by the 70s thrillers that we grew up on, The Grey Man encompasses the themes, so we're talking here about themes, obviously, of a very complex political and rebelling against the system, and we've reflected on our own fears about the world. Considering the peculiar genre of this film, we wanted to create a world for the audience to immerse themselves in. Thus, we have an incredible cast that has a level of detail and thought and backstory to them all. Interesting. I think, I think you know, the backstory, hopefully we're going to get a little bit more as this uh, film series progresses, hopefully. But that idea of uh, a complex political world and rebelling against the system. If that's the, the main idea we need to take from this, then cool. I'll, I'll take that from, uh, from what the Russo brothers are telling us what this is all about. My takeaways. Um... Like, I think there's this character, the old man. So or, or, we don't never see him. We hear him spoken about and on the phone too. Um, he's obviously the boss or in charge of Car Carmichael and Suzanne, like faceless. And that really annoyed me. It's one of those things that obviously they've probably got a plan for if future films happen, who he is and, and what he does. But I really needed more of that. You don't, yeah, like just dumping this little teaser in there for the audience without any closure. I, that's frustrated me with this one. And the same, like... Good cast of females in this one. And I mentioned this in the characters a little bit. I just want some more depth. Hopefully moving forward, we get some more depth and see some more. Because I guess this film was really about having Evans and Gosling on the screen together. We have a segment where we often say, okay, did I go onto IMDb to check out anyone to see if there's been anything I've seen before? I didn't do that, but um, Six or Sierra Six has a tattoo that he talks about with Claire um, about a Greek myth. So I just looked up that story because I wasn't sure of it. So... It's the story of uh, Syphilis, and it's a guy who's condemned to repeatedly roll a boulder up a hill, only to have it roll back down on him again and repeat. And I guess that sort of ties in with his, with his idea that, you know, it's just another Thursday. He's just doing the same thing over and over again. So maybe we'll see him break free um, moving forward into future films, which I feel like I've mentioned a lot about. Cool, maybe we'll see this in the next one. Maybe this will happen in the next film. Uh, just some questions to ponder. Uh, I think, you know, I struggled because I didn't really know, like, this isn't, Really, this isn't parody. This isn't satire, but it really doesn't want you to take this film seriously, I don't think. So how, how should you take it as an audience? And that's probably one of the big questions that I walk away with. Maybe this film is just 
literally popcorn entertainment where I should just forget about the world for two hours and, and enjoy myself and sit back and, and watch famous people on the screen blowing things up. Maybe that's what I should take from it. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and Six, this character, he's meant to be a hero, but I can't think of any characteristics that make him this. Apart from looking out for the youth or looking out for a, a child, there's not much else that I, I could really see that, that makes him a hero. He's, he's good with a gun. He's good fighting. But what else is he, is he going to do? I mean, he was maybe... I mean, he sent all this data off to, um, you know, to to try and get the, the bad people's names out there, but nothing really happened with that. So I'm interested to see where they go with this. Um, and that's what, you know, Margaret, there's this big line, you know, you can't copy the files. Well, surely she could have copied the files. If she was good enough to hack in to get the files, she could have copied them and got them distributed somewhere. So that sort of frustrated me a little bit too. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. I'm gonna give this uh, film a rating out of five. So I think, you know, there's enough to enjoy in this. It's a stellar cast, great locations. They would have had fun traveling around the world, you know, all these good action scenes. Um, it doesn't really do anything new. It, it sort of feels like, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> you would have picked this up from what I've said, but it feels like a prologue or a set up piece for what's probably gonna be a pretty interesting series of films if Netflix decide to continue because my concern is that we know Netflix are scaling back a bit. They've got subscriber numbers are down and um, you know, they may not give it the opportunity, which would make then this film feel like a complete waste of time <laughs> because this is like this is definitely a setup film. Uh, I'm still gonna give it, I'm giving it a three out of five. So hopefully you've uh, listened along and, and enjoyed some of my thoughts. We've got social media, we've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please jump on board, give us a follow, give us a like. Question I want to put on there for this episode is that uh, you know does this film have anything important to say? Sort of uh, finish that thought off on this the back end of this episode anyway. What, what important message is this film trying to say? Is there anything important to take out of it? Or should we just enjoy it for what it is? Pure entertainment. Please subscribe to us if you can. We have a huge back catalogue of episodes, uh, over 200 episodes. So give us a listen and uh, keep an ear out for our upcoming episodes on a Wednesday as always. Thanks for listening. I will speak to you all soon.